Welcome back to Barn Banter with Cowboy Andy, the podcast for kids musicians by a kids musician. That's me. I'm Cowboy Andy with my band Cowboy Andy and the Salamanders. <laughs> How's it going? Okay, so you've probably uh, already heard so many of my podcasts. You're very familiar with the concept of split, split, split personalities. personalities. It's a series I'm doing where I ask fellow musicians in our genre uh, about how they balance the marketing, the branding, the crossover, the presence of their adult or grown-up music and their music for kids and families. Because sometimes you do both and it's kind of two different worlds. And that friction and that challenge and that opportunity I think are really cool. I am just re-entering the grown-up world of music you know, I've got 30 years worth of material and I've never really pursued it. I jumped into the children's stuff about 10 years ago and went after that. And now I'm like, geez, I, I kind of want to do the other thing. And so what I did is I, I, I thought that would be an interesting topic for the podcast. So I sent out uh, a request to fellow musicians saying, hey, talk to me about your experiences. And I got tons of uh, feedback, positive feedback. Some folks I've interviewed like um, Esther Crow. And uh, some folks recorded their uh, their conversations and sent them back in. Like, um, what were those? What were those guys' names? It was Rat Boy Junior. Oh, was, who Seriously, was Seriously, now how could you forget oh, that? That's it was right, Rat was, Boy Junior. Yeah, it was Rat Boy. Oh, that's right. Thank on, you. Get back to it. Okay, thank you, Sean Connery voice. Yes, it was Rat Boy Junior who uh, who sent in a tape that was really fun. Kelly Willie sent in a tape, and this time it was David Heitler Clevens of Two of a Kind who performs with his partner wife Jenny. And they also perform in Acoustic Blender. Now, as two of a kind, they've been going for like, oh boy, since like the mid-90s, have won tons of awards, have, I think, more than 10 albums out there. Really a lot of stuff in a DVD. And uh, in 2018, they released Lead With Love, which was under the banner two of a kind, but was more, a, I guess, more for grown-ups, kind of a folk thing. So David recorded a conversation sent in I, I sent him some questions he recorded the answers and sent it in along with a couple songs we're going to hear and this is the uh, and this is the result of it so uh, to try and I don't know make it more interesting to listen to hmm. and to tee up some of the conversation or some of the questions I asked my uh, other split personality self to be the voice of Sean Connery poorly to interview David. David, I must ask you a Sorry, question. David. I just decided to do that. And there you go. So let's get let's get to it. Uh, first off, we're going to listen to a song called We're All in This Together by Two of a Kind. And this one is for the younger audience. And at the end, we'll listen to a song for the, for the grown-ups. And that'll be cool too. Okay, here we go. Two of a Kind, We're All in This Together. We're all in this together, it's time for us to start We can make it better, when everyone does their part We're all in this together, we've only just begun When we all work together, it's a lot more fun There's so many kinds of people so many ways to think But we 
all need clean air to breathe and safe fresh water to drink. We all rely on Mother Earth, we need her to survive. If we don't protect this planet, how will we stay alive? We're all in this together, it's time for us to start. We can make it better when everyone does their part. We're all in this together, we've only just begun. It's a lot more fun The wide expanse of oceans The mountains soaring high The deep and tranquil forests The brilliant sunlit sky Instead of sitting alone in your room Staring at the screen Go out and see what there is to do To keep our planet green it's hard for us to start We can make it better When everyone does their part We're all in this together We've only just begun When we all work together Birds of a feather, we weather any weather Just to make sure that the world gets better Cause as a team we beam like bright lights You and I, T-Y, see we could change the times Just as long as we aware and we catch the signs When we share the information, our strength multiplies Great to create, let's all move as one Spread the message, be the helpers, we could make life fun Together So, welcome to the podcast. Who are you, anyway? My name is David Heitler-Clevens. And your band? Two of a Kind. Two of a Kind is a duo made up of me and my wife, Jenny Heitler-Clevens. And uh, we do interactive music for children and have done for about 30 years. We mostly perform just the two of us acoustically, with me playing guitar and Jenny doing various percussion, including the cajon and the djembe and various hand percussion, and we both sing. And we do a lot of different styles of music. One thing that uh, I've said a number of times, I might have heard it first from Bill Harley, is that one of the great things about children's music is that it's the only genre that's not a genre, because it's defined not by style, but by uh, the age of our audience. 
So where do we perform regionally or tour? We perform all over the country and somewhat all over the world. Uh, although we have never toured in a kind of constant way, we tend to stay in our area, which is the Philadelphia area, and venture out for long weekends, for a week, sometimes for a few weeks. We have nine albums for kids and a DVD, and we've won about 20 awards for those over the years and also a bunch of songwriting awards. Um, so some of the album awards have included Parents' Choice Awards, etc. Tell me, where do you like to perform mostly? Uh, well, we particularly love schools, although that's been something that's sort of declined in recent years for various reasons. Uh, but we also love to do libraries and really all kinds of things. One of our favorite things about being primarily children's musicians is the variety in our life that we get to do a lot of different things and that you know from one day to the next our, our schedule is always different. What would you say that you've learned that really helps you when it comes to performing for you know we ones the little kids and children? I think that the biggest thing that I've learned is to respect children's intelligence and the fact that they are grappling with big issues. They love to have fun, of course, but they also are really thinking seriously about a lot of things. And so we feel that it's important in our work uh, as songwriters and as performers to respect that desire for meaty substance, for, for meaningful lyrics, as well as the fun stuff. And likewise with the music, that uh, respecting that kids have a variety of tastes and can be relatively sophisticated from a fairly early age in uh, appreciating a lot of different kinds of music. I see. So what do you call yourself when you perform for, you know, grown-ups? So we also perform for adults as two of a kind, and we also have another group that only performs for adults called Acoustic Blender, and that's a alternative folk quartet. Huh. So uh, what does that mean exactly? So for our adult stuff, we tend to focus a little bit more on the folk singer-songwriter acoustic music world, although we're still fairly eclectic in what we do. And just as with the kids' stuff, we mostly perform as two of a kind, uh, just the two of us with voices, guitar, and percussion. When we perform with our other group, Acoustic Blender, then we have keyboards and bass, and one of our members plays a lot of different instruments, including trombone and melodica and the whistle and panpipes, all kinds of stuff. So that's got a lot of variety. And, and once again, the vocal harmonies are important in that, and we do some fairly elaborate arrangements. So we've been doing this for over 30 years, uh, both for kids and for adults. We do perform both regionally and nationally for adults as well as for kids. Our favorite venues for adults, I think, would be generally listening rooms. We do not love to do bars or restaurants or things like that where we're basically background music. But we like, you know, folk venues, coffee houses, performing arts centers, and increasingly house concerts are uh, something that we really enjoy doing. And when I first saw people who had been playing in sort of more public venues gravitating towards house concerts, I thought it was a little bit sad because I thought it showed a decline in our <laughs> our careers, basically. But I've come to see that, that house concerts have a lot of benefits and they're really a lot of fun to do. Oh, that's right. So tell me, what have you learned as far as performing for grown-ups as a kid's musician? Well, 
I think that one of the ways actually that our children's music career has informed what we do for adults is reminding us to be interactive and entertaining with adults, not just stand there and sing songs, you know, in a way that's analogous to what we do with kids. I think a lot of people have gone the other direction and applied things that they know about what they do for adults to what they do for kids. But we've found it particularly, I think, going from the children's music to the adult music. So, you know, and, and actually part of what drew us to doing children's music more than adult music was our desire for that engagement with the audience, which we found when we first started doing this in the 80s was much easier to get uh, audiences that were focused on kids, you know, to sing and to move than adult audiences that, that the idea of singing along a lot of people in the 80s seemed to look at that in folk venues as something that was a throwback to the 60s and, and kind of not cool. And um, but we've always really enjoyed uh, making music with our audiences. And so that was one reason we kind of moved into focusing on on children. But we've we've always tried to get adult audiences to to sing and, and to interact with us in the similar way to with kids. All right. Well, let's mix it up a bit. Do you think that the adult music you play would be okie dokie for kids? Well, there is actually quite a bit of crossover in our material where there are songs that we, you know, originally intended or began doing for adults that we do for children and vice versa. I think the big difference that I see that the songs that we do for adults that I wouldn't do for kids are the things that are particularly overtly political. So we do a lot of social justice music, both for kids and for adults. And uh, it's a big part of our whole reason for doing what we do. But we're not going to do a partisan political song for kids that names names, uh, like the current resident of the White House, for instance. And, you know, that would feel inappropriate. I do feel like some of the songs we do for kids would lead somebody to recognize that we'd be on a certain side politically, but we aren't as overt about it. And in reverse, you know, there are things that we do for kids that we certainly wouldn't do for adults. We do feel it's important for any of the music that we do for kids to be things that adults could enjoy as well. Um, because I've often said if, if, if it's something that we're doing for kids and adults are kind of disgusted or, or uh, annoyed by it, then it's probably not good for the kids either. But I don't agree with people who think that children are just the same as adults, that they're just little adults, you know, that, that ignores everything that we know about developmental levels and stuff like that. And so there, there certainly are things that, don't cross over. And I don't think it's appropriate for us to think of uh, the two two audiences being identical. Certainly when we have other musicians join us, there's no difference in the kinds of musicians we would have for kids or for adults. Although I will say that sometimes we've, we've realized after the fact, like in doing a video, that some of the musicians that we've had join us in the rare times when we do have a band are... Uh, not presenting themselves in a way that necessarily is engaging for the kids. They're used to just standing there and playing. And like I said, I think for both kids and for adults, it's it's better to be a little bit more engaging. So that is one thing that we've noticed. But we certainly wouldn't, uh, you know, avoid hiring a certain person. We just might try to work a little bit more in the future with trying to get them to smile a little bit as they play, for instance. 
Okay, for children, we usually perform before 8 p.m., and often adult gigs are after, but sometimes there are overlapping times. I see. Do you ever play in the adult band, you know, acoustic blender, when there might be wee ones, kids around? Sure, and that's definitely happened. And we've also done gigs sometimes that are kind of a mixture, where we'll do a set in the early evening that's a family set, and then the younger kids will go home and go to bed, and then we'll do a more specifically adult set after that. I see. Is that good or kind of a challenge for you and Jenny? Well, I think it can be both things. We, we enjoy intergenerational kinds of audiences where people can be together and feel that sense of community across age lines. Uh, but as I said before, since there is some material that we feel does not cross over, um, it can sometimes be a little bit of a challenge. But we generally are the kinds of people who don't have a set set that is, you know, we stick with regardless of who's there. So we've done adult gigs sometimes where there happen to be a lot of kids. And so then we do more songs that sort of are designed for them. And we've had other times where we're expecting a lot of kids, but, you know, it's really pretty much all or mostly adults. And so sometimes that affects what we do. And, and also within children's audiences, depending on whether they're younger or older, we shade our set depending on that and, and do things that we know in our years of experience work particularly well for one age range or another. So that flexibility, I think if I were to go back to the question about what I've learned over the years, flexibility is probably one of the most important things for, for all audiences. Uh, yes, I, I'm a very flexible person myself. I have some yogurt every morning. I do my yogurt. Blueberries, my favorite. Very flexible. Hey, David, what are some of the things about marketing and gear that you can share between the two genres of music? Well, I think, once again, trying to apply some of the things that most of us bring to uh, children and family events of being engaging and interactive, I think are things that are worth considering in our adult performances as well. I think a group that's really impressed a lot of people with this is Trout Fishing in America because their humor and their audience participation, which they do equally with kids and adults, I think has has made them really stand out. And uh, a lot of people just really enjoy their performances because they get to be part of it and they feel uh, really engaged. I know I've used that word engaged a lot, but that's, the, that's just the truth. So I think that that's a, a model that uh, a lot of us could could aspire to. Yes, window, window, through without the window. Hush, one of my favorites. But tell me a little bit more about marketing. You know, I guess one thing, you know, a lot of the work that we do for kids and family audiences often is is thematically organized. So we'll, you know, we'll do things related to summer reading themes. A lot of schools have us do particular thematic programs. And that's something that I'm sort of have wondered it might be more marketable towards adults. And recently we've started offering alongside of our children's programs for libraries in the summer that relate to the summer reading theme an analogous program for adults. And our program for adults is more of a talk with live and recorded music on that subject. So last summer, when the theme was about space in honor of the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, we were doing blast off to reading programs for kids. But we also did a music and space program for adults where we had a PowerPoint and we looked at the ways that music across many genres, folk, rock, jazz, classical, etc., uh, has 
had this subset of music related to space. And we called that, uh, Hey, Mr. Spaceman after the birds song. And, uh, we didn't get to do that at a huge number of places compared to the children's programs we did, but we'll be offering a similar thing for this coming summer's theme of, of fantasy and myth and fairy tales. And it'll be interesting to see whether that part of our schedule grows and we get to do a few more of those programs for adults. Oh, that sounds very interesting. So can you maybe give us some advice for people just starting out, things to avoid? Well, one thing that we have tried to do, and I think this is, again, something we learned from Trout Fishing in America, we often call our adult music grown-up music as opposed to adult because of the uh, not-so-helpful associations with the word adult. And uh, the, the trout fishing joke I heard once was early on when they were, you know, hawking their wares at a concert and saying that, you know, that they had, they had a, a children's recording and they had a, an adult recording and they had a children's video and somebody shouted out, when's your adult video coming out? And, uh, so that, that just sort of points out to that, that, uh, there's sometimes some pitfalls to, uh, using certain terms if you're also going to work with, with kids. And I think you brought up in your original note about all this, uh, career like Shel Silverstein, where, you know, he was somebody who did material for kids, but also wrote for Playboy magazine. And I've often pointed out that that feels like a career combination that just wouldn't be possible today. Uh, and uh, you know, it's interesting how those kinds of sensibilities change and how we you know, want people who do music for kids to really not go near certain kinds of subjects or activities. And um, um, so just changing times and, and uh, sensibilities about stuff like that. Mm, that's true. Wise words. So tell me, how do you do social media balancing between, you know, the kiddie stuff and the adult or grown-up stuff, as it were? You know, I think if I had it to do over, I would probably make a more clear distinction. Like, we have we have more than one YouTube page, but they're not clearly one for adults and one for kids. And, and I would prefer that if I had done it that way, it would just be clearer and easier to send people who are potential bookers and audience members and stuff who are interested in one thing and not the other. Um, it, that would be helpful. But um, at, at this point, and some of those distinctions are a little too hard to separate out. And same thing with our website. We have one website. It's primarily devoted to what we do for kids because that's the primary thing we do. But then we have a, a, a page within our website that's music for grownups. And we kind of, you know, steer stuff there. We have a separate page for Acoustic Blender. On uh, social media, though, we just have one Facebook page. We just have one uh, Twitter account. Um, and so we mix up things that we do for adults and kids on that. And I'm sure that sometimes that's probably lost us some audience in particular people who like what we do for kids, but don't appreciate our more overt political views in our uh, adult music or grown up music. Let's get political, political. I want to, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, what do you think about connecting with your audience? Do you prefer between the two kids or adults from a performance? Definitely, we prefer working with kids. And uh, and like I said earlier, it's one of the reasons that we gravitated towards mostly performing for children, that, that connection with the crowd, that, that ability to get the whole audience singing, moving, doing sign language is something that 
we almost never get anything close to that with adults. Right. Well, what about creative expression? Which area do you feel most creative in? One thing that's nice about doing things for both adults and kids, because I do see some of the ways that our songwriting definitely is different for the two, uh, it gives us a chance to explore things in one that we wouldn't in the other. And I've already mentioned that, you know, overt political things for adults that we wouldn't do for kids. Um, you know, some of the more depressing or, or, or you know, uh, we have done things about sad topics for kids as well. And I think that's important, but we would definitely approach it in a different way. And I think, you know, one of the interesting things, the challenges, if you're like us, if you want to kind of grapple with some sophisticated subject matter for kids, is what is the best and most appropriate way to do that? And we think about it a lot and are very conscious of that. And, uh, and it doesn't mean dumbing things down at all. I think that's totally the wrong way to go. But it often does mean having a certain amount of, of clarity and um, sometimes directness, although I think that that might be overstated. But, but I, I, you know, our songwriting for both adults and kids does tend to be a little bit more direct and a little bit more purposeful uh, than some other artists. So there is that in common. But we still would write a song very differently uh, about the same general subject if we were writing it for kids specifically or for adults specifically. And I think in terms of the range of creative expression, having both of those audiences to write for really gives us a lot of opportunities for variety and for exploring the, you know, the full range of, of human uh, emotions and experience and all those kinds of things. Not that we've plumbed the depths of the full range, but uh, in terms of financial stability, definitely our work for kids is a bit much bigger part of our income and always has been uh, than our work for adults. And we're more flexible and willing to do things for a smaller amount or for no guarantee when it's for adults than we are for kids. We have a pretty set minimum for our work for kids because that's our job. That's our livelihood in general. Uh, in terms of growth as an artist, I think that that goes along with creative expression and uh, both our work for kids and for adults have unlimited potential for growth as artists. And we have felt like we have continued to look at new things. We've gotten into writing some musical theater for kids and now for adults uh, and teenagers in combination. Um, so I think we keep um, expanding that and, and, and there really is no ceiling. There's no end to the possible ways of, of growing as an artist for either one. Tough question. If you had to give up one, would it be for the kids or the grown-ups? No question. I would give up performing for adults or doing music for adults before I would for children because it's really work with children that, that feeds me uh, what I need much, much more than for adults. That that interaction, that direct response. And that's really something I haven't mentioned so much. I, you know, I feel like one of the benefits of, of working with children is that you really know immediately how things are going over with them. They don't dissemble. They don't lie. You know, their response is immediate and visceral and obvious. And um, adults, it's a little bit harder to tell. You know, often people will come up to us after a show for adults where we didn't really feel like we were connecting with them. And, and 
really compliment us and gush about it, but they weren't making that clear with anything during the performance. And we've been doing more work with seniors, and we find that it's even more true with seniors. Sometimes we'll just feel like we've totally bombed with them, and then they'll come up and just, oh, that was so wonderful. So I think there's a big disconnect a lot of times with adults about how evident their response is to what they're hearing. Whereas with kids, we feel like it's just like written all over their faces the whole time. And, uh, and which is really great also for trying out new material. You know, we, we know right away when we've got something that's, that's a hit with kids or something that maybe, you know, it needs work or is something to just, you know, let fall by the wayside. So those are really big, big benefits. Mm-hmm. Totally. So tell me, do you have any advice for kids musicians? I think my number one suggestion would be that um, if you don't feel already like you really know kids, then it's a good idea to do that before putting yourself in a position where you're trying to make a career out of performing or recording for kids. So I got into this as because I was a music teacher, uh, kind of fell into being a music teacher right after college and realized through that that I really loved working with kids. But teaching gave me the opportunity before, long before I had kids of my own to really workshop a lot of things with a lot of different kids of different ages, grade ranges, backgrounds, and see what worked with them and see what didn't and really get to know them as individuals, which as a performer, if you start as a performer and you've never had that either classroom or family experience, it, it you don't really, you don't really know kids in the same way, I think. Um, and I also think it's really, really important as children's musicians that we first and foremost are there for the kids and not for our own egos or careers because kids don't often get to make the choices about who they see. Adults are making those choices for them, teachers, parents, etc. And so I think it's really, really important, more important than in our work with adults, that uh, we aren't only thinking of ourselves, but that we are thinking also and actually first about kids and what they need and uh, being advocates for kids, you know, and especially in this day where there are things that are just almost unmentionably cruel, like kids in cages at the border. You know, if if we're children's artists, we, we need to be taking a stand and we need to be uh, doing everything we can to stick up for kids who often don't have a political voice. Uh, and, you know, our, our job is not just as entertainers, but we're also kind of, you know, caretakers and advocates. And I think we need to take that role very seriously. Totally agree with you on that. So where can we find you on the internets? So our, our website is twoofakind.com, and that's all spelled out. Like the two is the number two spelled out as a word, T-W-O. On Facebook, we are uh, uh, two kind, T-W-O-K-I-N-D, after the Facebook.com. And on uh, Twitter, we are at two of a kind, starting with the number two not spelled out as a word. We have lots of various gigs coming up in various parts of the country. You know, nothing specific I'm <laughs> going to get into, but the best way is to find them on the website. Uh, and uh, we're not in the recording studio at the moment, so we don't have any new releases to announce, unfortunately. But that'll be coming sometime in the next year or two, I'm sure. And uh, at the moment, actually, our big project is we're working on a musical that's more for adults and teenagers that is uh, inspired by the true story of a person that we know 
who was a hidden child in France during World War II. Uh, she's Jewish. She's still alive. We've interviewed her. We've, we've gone to France and interviewed people who are part of her story and also seen a lot of important sites uh, that are uh, important in parts of, of her story, places where she was hidden, etc. And um, we are beginning work on actually writing the musical itself. And so we're pretty excited about that. Right on. So that was a conversation with David from Two of a Kind. He and his partner, Jenny, putting out music for kids. We listened to a track for kids uh, at the beginning of the podcast. So now let's revisit the music that they do with Acoustic Blender and also under the banner of Two of a Kind. This track is called Least Little Thing, and it's geared, I'm told, more for grown-ups. Before I go, I want to do something great. You never know when it might be too late But in the end, it's enough to say There is greatness in the least little thing You might crave wealth and you might chase fame might want the stars to spell out your name But in the end, it's enough to sing There is greatness in the least little thing Some folks long to be misunderstood They think it's wrong to be Earnest and good, but a simple song will make the whole world sing. There is greatness in the least little thing. My two little boys find great things all around. It might be a noise or a leaf on the ground. They seem to know what these small things bring But there is greatness in the least little thing And when they look up into my eyes The love that's there takes me by surprise It lifts me up like a small bird's wing For there is greatness In the least little thing And when we stand All side by side The strength that's there Could turn the tide It'll shake the throne Of the mightiest king For there is greatness In the least little thing Before I go I want to do something great You never know When it might be too late But in the end It's enough to sing There is greatness in the least little thing There is greatness There is greatness There is greatness In the least little thing 
Cool. Thank you, David, so much for joining in on the conversation, sending in the uh, recording. Hope you don't mind the cheesy Sean Connery impersonation asking the questions. I, I thought it helped move the conversation forward. <laughs> anyway, so uh, check them out, two of a kind, and also Acoustic Blender. Pretty cool stuff there. So if you think that you have something that you'd like to share with the rest of us children's musicians or kindy musicians or musician for kids and families, hey, reach out to me through my website, cowboyandy.com. And uh, shoot me a note and we'll get you on the podcast and talk about, you know, your tips and tricks. Because we're all in this together. It's not easy and it's better to share than hoard all the information for yourself. Because what are you going to do? <laughs> really? I don't know. Hey, let's la la. Okay, shall we? La la. Tall or small, boy or girl, brown, pink or black or white.